constant warning, uh, mental health, suicide, and self-harm. So around the time that I was in early or early high school, late middle school, I just remember always feeling this, this pressure to be perfect. And I remember always feeling like I can never actually get there. And I was never even remotely close to that. Um, I remember feeling a lot of envy towards a lot of people around me, um, pretty much everyone around me, actually. And I just remember I wanted to be anyone but myself. And my entire world just felt cloudy. And I didn't necessarily feel sad all the time, but nothing really brought me joy and nothing ever really made me content. I just felt numb all the time. Um, and then this kind of led into me around the age of 14 to 15, I started engaging in self-harm. And I just remember feeling this hole in my heart. Um, I was trying to fill it and I just felt disconnected from the world and I wanted to feel grounded again. Um, this kind of spiraled into me at the age of 16 having kind of this suicidal episode and thankfully my mom was there and she called 911 and I was sent to the hospital and I got put into a mental hospital for 72 hours. Um, I remember through that I got put into a lot of therapy and counseling, and it really helped me to get stable, but I still always had that hole in my heart and something was still missing. Um, I was able to get by, but I still had that void. And then this kind of led into my senior year, and I started dating a boy. And I just remember he kind of acted as a band-aid over that hole in my heart. He fixed it temporarily and he made me feel special and he made me feel like that void wasn't there. And, um, but I kind of also at the same time felt that I was reliant on him for my happiness. And whenever it felt like he was starting to leave me or that I felt unloved in any way, that void would be exposed. I remember at that same time though, that boy was also raised in a Christian household. And so he started bringing me along with him to church. And I remember hearing a lot of sermons and pastors talking about um, always leaning on God and always trusting in the Lord and putting your burdens on him. And I didn't really think too much about it at the time, but it still kind of lingered with me. And then fast forward to my junior year of college, um, me and this boy had been dating for two, two and a half years or so. and. I got reached out to by a couple of girls in the campus ministry. And they asked me if I'd be interested in studying the Bible or just growing to know God in any way. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do wanna do that. And I realized that um, after I started doing these Bible studies and just praying a lot and growing closer to God, I found that I was no longer just tagging along with my boyfriend to church. I had an individual, personal, and intimate relationship with God. And as I was studying the Bible, it also started to highlight flaws and unhealthy patterns in my relationship with my boyfriend. And so we decided to mutually break up. And I remember thinking, whoa, I'm not sad at all. <laughs> and I was like, why am I not sad? And then I realized that God had totally filled that void in my heart and that I didn't need that Band-Aid on top anymore.
And I had this realization that I had never been more content or full or happy in my entire life. So then I got baptized and I've just continued to grow in my relationship God, with God and I've never had those thoughts or feelings ever again. Welcome back to The Road Podcast. Uh, my name is Perry Tong. I'm joined by my good friend, Karin Sarai. How are we doing, everybody? And that was Teresa Soryoka sharing a bit of her testimony and just a, a story about um, how she has battled with mental health, but also how her relationship with God has brought her from that. Um, if you're just joining us for this first time, welcome. We're obviously The Road Podcast. And we're a production that's based on what we see in Judges 5. Uh, it says, this is the song of Deborah, um, and it says, On that day Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang the song, When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, pray the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. When you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took the winding paths. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose, a mother in Israel, God chose new leaders when war came to the city gates. But not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. And in verse 10, it says, You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers, in Israel. Um, and I love that scripture, uh, but especially after hearing you kind of share your story, Teresa, it's, I think it's so uh, unique that um, you're our first uh, female guest. And it, it's something that really is, um, you know, I, I have a lot of unique relationships with women in my life. You know, I think of my mom, I think of my fiance, mm. uh, and those are two very strong women that I, I appreciate and um, aspire to become more like in a lot of different ways. And I, I think that it's easy to forget who Deborah was in the Bible. Um, she was one of Israel's leaders, and she was a woman, and she was so strong. And um, this is who God had entrusted to help lead Israel through battling the Canaanites and 
who Israel saw so many victories and so many, um, you know, so much renewal in who they were as a people. And so um, we really appreciate you coming on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We appreciate you being our first woman guest. Um, And it's so inspiring hearing your story. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I just want to say that. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) Glad to be here. (laughs) Amen. Um, And so I, I think just opening up hearing your story, what about what about studying the Bible or I mean even just coming out to church? I mean you you shared you had a relationship with coming out to church. Um, what changed in between maybe going to church in high school and coming to church now that you're in college? What was that one thing that kind of changed? I think the main switch for me was that church wasn't a place that I just went to on Sunday mornings. It was a community and it was a lifestyle and it was a complete change of mindset. And I think that my relationship with God really gave me something to lean on and gave me something to stand by. That's awesome. Um, so now that, I mean, where, where did you grow up? Where, where was this? I mean, you shared a lot about uh, kind of who you were before you came to college. Where, where was that at? I'm interested. You mean like how I grew up in, in relationship? Uh, no, like like location-wise. Like oh, location. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How was that? It was really nice. I really grew to love hiking and, ki- and camping and stuff like that. Okay. And so I've been to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Karin's been to Colorado. Yep. Um. Some of our listeners may have, may have been to Colorado. So we know what it's like to be in Colorado. Okay. Why would you choose to come to Kansas <laughs> after living in a place like Colorado? Well, I remember I really did not want to stay in Colorado, mainly because I had lived there my entire life. So I kind of wanted to get away and get like a fresh start and just be somewhere new and be away from my parents and being away from my family. But at the same time, I also came here with my boyfriend at the time. So he did have some influence in where I ended up. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm sure Karin's going to hop in here soon, but I think like I, I appreciate you sharing, especially a story about how you've fought with and had victories in your mental health. Um, I think that's that's something that Karin's gone in depth uh, in past episodes, and it's also something that I've had my own experiences with. How how does that still affect you today? Is that something that pops up in your life even now, or is that something that you feel like you've left in the past? I definitely think for me it's something that I left in the past. Um, I understand that people's like mental health journey it looks different for everyone, um, and I know that. Some people have problems because of, like, chemical imbalances or anything like that. But I know for me that mindset switch definitely just, like, fixed all of my problems. Mm -hmm. And I, so far, like, having a relationship with God now, I've never had to deal with any of problems like that since then. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um as Perry said that I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Um, as Perry said, uh, I've talked about mental health a little bit in like I think our first episode, um, and 
I'm going through counseling right now, and that was something people have told me to go through for years, and I've been putting it off for years, and I'm glad I'm doing it now. Um, but something in your story that you shared like really resonated with me, and that was this this need for perfectionism. And I might be making a generalization here, but I, I do think this is actually true. Um, but I think, so you're, you're Asian, mm-hmm. and we're actually all Asian uh, here. Um, but I think in Eastern families, uh, the need to be perfect is like amplified a lot more. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, the it's very academic focus. It's yes. very like reaching these things that uh, lead to a lot of success, like be a, have a good job, be a doctor and whatnot. I definitely felt that growing up. And I was just curious, did you feel that growing up? Did that kind of lead to that? Yeah, I did definitely have pressures like that in my house. And I definitely think that that was part of it that caused me to have that pressure to always be perfect. Mm -hmm. But I also think that I, like, in addition to the pressures that I felt at home from my culture, I felt kind of the same pressure that like that I was always different from everybody around me at school and that I always had to be better than them and that I always like I couldn't be just like them yeah yeah I totally feel that too like I remember going through elementary school even like getting on the athletics team and it wasn't Mm -hmm. something I wanted to do it was only something that my family wanted me to do and I was good at it but that I, I definitely do feel that need of perfectionism resonating from my family and then it affected me and I wanted to be perfect in any way I could be as well um so I appreciate you sharing that yeah of course Mm -hmm. that's something that I kind of experienced as well um but probably not in the same way that you guys did uh I it was actually something that I kind of rebelled against a lot through my childhood um I remember getting straight A's in fifth grade and then just not caring anymore and so I guess you could say I peaked in fifth grade <laughs> academically, uh, but you know I, I think I'm going to graduate with a college degree, even though I might be a couple months late on that. But uh, it, it's definitely something that I mean, even even you guys sharing that, that's something that I think uh, I can relate to a little bit. But I definitely struggled with it. Um, was that like did did that extend to just I guess academics in your life growing up or was it in other areas as well? Um, I think for me it was mostly academics, but I think also like I couldn't argue back as much as I feel like um, some of like my friends that were other races I feel like I couldn't express my feelings in the same way to my family because they would they kind of had more like traditional or different um just like preconceived notions when it comes to mental health Mm -hmm. and they weren't necessarily open-minded to things that other people were sure yeah i'll just flat out say it for my family uh when i told them i was doing counseling my my grandma was just confused like she she was like what but you have me to talk to and I was like well some of the stuff I have to say is about you and I don't (laughs) want to say it to you um but yeah I I totally agree I think uh in that part of the world mental health is is not viewed highly at all um my my family was raised in a village and the concept just did not exist at all um so I'm I'm glad you're sharing that and I'm also happy it's also a blessing to live in the U.S. where uh, we have a society and a culture that places value increasingly 
as time goes by on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a generational gap there. Um, and so that's even something that's evident, I think, in all of our parents and even maybe our grandparents, too, uh, because, um, you know, it, it, our attitudes and stuff definitely has changed towards it as time has gone on. I think so. You you've obviously grown so much. Um, I think we all have in, in in certain ways in our lives and stuff. It's just a natural kind of occurrence. But there's been this growth in your life to this point, um, and you're at KU now, and your major is chemical engineering. Chemical engineering, um, but you also have like these. You're you're so genuine in how you can relate to people, and I think that. I'm really interested to see what, what do you feel like this next chapter of your life, maybe after college, is going to look like for you? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a stumper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, well, right now I'm kind of in this job search right now, and I've been, I've interviewed with a company, and so far, like, I haven't had as many offers as I would have hoped to have, and I'm just hoping that more start coming in now. But I'm really hoping to find a job either in like Topeka or Kansas City or somewhere close by that I could I would be able to stay in Lawrence and be able to stay with this ministry Um, just because I feel like they give me like a good a good home and a good Mm. uh, group of people to rely on. Sure. What do you feel like is important? And I mean, you kind of touched on a couple aspects there, but what do you feel like is important for you um, to have from a church family? I think just people that follow the Bible or want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That pretty much says it all. Yeah, I think like you can go deeper into what like specifics of what's in the Bible to follow. But as long as you have a desire and have a need to follow what the Bible says, I think that that's, that's all you need. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. This question I have, it's pretty deep. Okay. Um, so I'm ready. <laughs> that's so disclaimer right there. Um, so going back to the little perfectionism aspect we were talking about, uh, one thing I know I had to wrestle with when I studied the Bible, and I, I still have wrestled with the past few years, is the need to be perfect in my walk with God. Um, mm-hmm. And God's standard is very high. Uh, it's true, and it's a standard that we should always shoot for. Um, but as we know, we fall short, and that's where grace comes in to make up the difference if we truly have a repentant heart. Um, so in the need, how you viewed your perfectionism, did that like did you have to wrestle with that while you were studying the Bible, how God views you? Do you still wrestle with that today? How so? I think what really helped me like mentally heal is the fact that it kind of took that weight off that I don't need to be perfect. And that Jesus didn't die for the fact that we already were without sin. Mm-hmm. And and that God meets us where we are and that he takes us as we are. Mm-hmm. And that I, I don't work hard to earn my salvation, but I follow what God says because of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. that's incredibly profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and you. it's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a perspective that we, we can get mixed up in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, uh, our production here with the road podcast, um, and really one of our, 
I think what Karn and I really started this podcast uh, with, like the, one of the hopes we started with was that we would be able to, um, through our guests and through our conversations and through just the topics that we cover, that our guests, regardless of who they are or where they're at in their walk with gods or in life in general, could be able to listen and um, really take away something that they can feel like they're not alone in or like that they can apply to their life or feel like they can relate to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think you present a lot, of, a lot of things that lend itself to that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was one thing that I guess you, would, you wanted our listeners to hear, what would it be? I can't pick just one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> share them all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the the thing that kind of pushed me to tell the story that I did was that I remember, like, when I came out of the mental hospital, like, I didn't tell anybody where I was. And I just said, like, I was sick. <laughs> and I remember feeling so much shame and that I, I didn't want anybody to know. And I just think that that's just such an unhealthy and it just causes a cycle of everybody like not talking about it Mm. and I think just like with me telling that story like I don't I don't tell it just for people to pity me I I tell it because I want other people that have had similar experiences I want them to not feel like they're alone and to not feel like they're the only one but I think aside from that um I remember when you asked me to come on this podcast, I was really nervous too because like I only got, I got baptized less than a year ago and I started studying the Bible like about a year ago now. And so I just like remember, like I know so many people that have been studying the Bible so much longer than I have and probably know a lot more scripture than I do. But I just think of other people in my position and that are new to studying the Bible or are like new in their relationship with God. And I just want them to be encouraged to keep going and, and not let people look down on them for being new. Sure. And that's, that's an interesting perspective too, because you shared the, you kind of shared the time range that you've been um, intentionally studying the Bible or intentionally seeking out your relationship with God. But from your story uh, or your introduction, it, I, it's so clear that God has been reaching out to you for a large portion of your life. Yeah. Um, and regardless of who you are, I mean, and maybe you don't, like maybe you don't feel this way, but I think whenever you we take time to really look, take take a step back from our lives and observe who we are and perspective of God and how he seeks us out, I think if we allow ourselves to, we can see how God has been trying to work in our lives before we've ever really intentionally reached out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think even even before I became a Christian, probably six years ago, I, I, I was reached out to for the first time uh, in high school. And so it's like, but I didn't know it then, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but I can take, looking back now, I can probably take confidence from that and say that, man, God is... God has desired a relationship with me before I ever understood what that meant. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like, uh, it's it's really interesting to hear you say that, but at the same time, like, it's so clear. God's mm-hmm. been working all the way up until this point, too. Yeah, and it, it even reminds me, well, 
putting it in the, putting it into context, like I think well, I've been a disciple for six years. Perry, you're three. Yeah, three, <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. So we have ten years uh, in this booth, graciously. Uh, ten years. I, I, we can't hold a candle to some of the other people in our church that have been married or older, longer. But I, it makes me think of First uh, Timothy, where it says, "Don't let anyone despise you." Uh, because of your youth, but instead set an example in faith and speech and purity. And I think, I think you're an example. And I, I think if we just keep being examples, like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day how young we are. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so why chemical engineering? What what about that? May like really fired you up? Well, my dad is studied electrical engineering, so he kind of inspired me to go the engineering route. And in high school, I took AP chemistry, and I really liked it. And my teacher actually was a chemical engineer, so she kind of inspired me a little bit. But also, I just, I really love problem solving, and I really love just, like, putting puzzles together and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I took AP Chem, too, in high school and did not do so well. I did not take AP Chem. <laughs> I, got a, I got a D. <laughs> I, got a, I got a C in regular chemistry in high school. Um <laughs> Um, okay, so one, so you're a senior in college, right? Yes. Okay. I automatically assume everyone in the campus ministry is like 18, since I'm not <laughs> in the campus ministry anymore. Um, so you, you, you said you wanted to stay here. Uh, mm-hmm. That would mean transitioning into the Yopros, which yes. is the <laughs> ministry that I'm a part of now. Um, how do you feel like you're kind of preparing yourself for that? Are you still trying to soak up and enjoy the campus ministry since you haven't been a part of it too long? Do you feel like there's steps you need to do to prepare? Um, hmm. Well, I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty ready. <laughs> uh, I feel like a, a lot of the campus ministry is very, like, you hang out a lot and you do a lot of stuff together and, like, mm-hmm. you're always seeing everybody, and which is great. But I also feel like the Yopro's, like, it's not like they don't do that. Yeah. They maybe do it in different ways. It's it's a different manifestation, but it's the same it's the same heart at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm glad to hear you're ready. I'm kind of excited though because I feel like there's also like a maturity difference and that I'll have a lot of people around me to look up to instead of being like the oldest one. Yeah. In in general there's a maturity difference. I know uh I know I definitely bring that maturity difference a bit down. Um, and I apologize for that, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. There's a maturity difference there. And I think the same hearts there, uh, different manifestation. We all have big boy and big girl jobs now, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're prepared for some people. It hits like a curveball, and they're just not ready. So I'm glad to hear that you're preparing yourself. Thanks. Yeah. And so for those of you who are listening, who, um, may not be familiar, uh, we are, we're a part of a fellowship of churches, which are mainly broken up into four or so separate ministries. Um, One of those ministries being Yopros, Young Professionals, or Singles. Uh, And Karin is um, usually uh, the people that will be in that are people who have graduated college and have gone on to um, a young professional life. Karin is one of the many people in our fellowship who are proudly a part of the Yopro ministry. And that's kind of what they're talking about. So... Um, just kind of like a, a fill in there. Um, now for those of you who are listening again, um, I think we're going to close up here, but 
this is the Road Podcast, and this is uh, this is a project that Karn and I are really privileged to bring to you, uh, bring to our listeners. Uh, we're really encouraged by the growth of our social media, but also our listener count over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we we ask that if you have any uh, advice or thoughts, please reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at KSRI1, at Perry70NG, or at theroad.podcast. Um, and in closing, uh, we would like to thank Teresa again for being one of our guests. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Um, on episode five of the Road Podcast. I think this is a this is a project that has largely been built up of people who are surrounded or formerly a part of campus ministry. Our hope is that we would present a more wide-bearing audience or wide-bearing guest feature so that our audience could be enriched by other age groups along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that doesn't take away from... Uh, the experience that all of our episode guests have brought before now. So again, Teresa, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, And as we close, we can't wait to see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later.